Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Sportlight Podcast. On this week's podcast, we are going to talk about bullying. What is bullying? Why do people bully others? And what impact does bullying have? We're going to talk specifically about how athletes could help with this societal issue that is needlessly crushing so many young people. Welcome to the Sportlight Podcast for parents, coaches, and athletes. The Sportlight refers to the time in an athlete's life when they have increased ability to affect the culture around them and the increased opportunity to learn life's lessons through sports. This podcast aims to help parents and coaches capitalize on their athletes' precious time in the Sportlight. The Sportlight Podcast is brought to you by Especially for Athletes program. All right, Dustin, I'm so excited to talk about this today, not because it's an exciting, invigorating topic, but it's an important topic, the topic of bullying. And so I wanted to start just by talking about some things you shared with me about what bullying is and what it's not. There there was this really cool definition where you introduce three elements that are necessary to be there if bullying is truly bullying, for bullying to exist. Would you go over those three and talk about why it's important to consider those three? Yeah, I will. Um, You know, bullying is described, the definition of bullying, it's defined as repeated aggressive behavior where one person or a group of people in a position of power deliberately intimidate, abuse, or coerce an individual with the intention to hurt that person by physical, emotional means. However, you know, many people can be unkind to each other during adolescence. You know, I mean, kids are, they're mean, they're unpleasant, um, but that's, that's not necessarily bullying. There's a line between conflict and bullying. The three characteristics that define bullying, that the action, the bullying needs to be intentional. The behavior was aggressive and a deliberate attempt to hurt another person. That it's number two is that it's repeated. These aggressive actions occur repeatedly over time to the same person or group of people. And number three, the power imbalance. The person bullying has more physical or social power than the child or children being bullied. And bullying can come in the ways of kicking and pushing. It can be verbal bullying, name calling or yelling. Relational bullying can be excluding or spreading rumors, cyberbullying, which sending hurtful messages or pictures or something over digital devices like cell phones and computers. And that's the one that's on the rise right now, obviously, with cyberbullying, with kids having more access to the internet and things. And so we're reading the definition of bullying from a, you know, a very popular uh, website that, on bullying. And I, I disagree a little bit with it. I don't, Maybe you, you can actually help me, Shad. I don't understand why bullying has to have a power imbalance. Um, the person bullying has more physical or social power than the person being bullied. Um, I disagree with that, but that's that's what you know. To me, I, I don't. Anyway, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but I do believe that we need to be careful before we start labeling somebody or a group of people bullies. When, when there's kids being unpleasant or maybe even mean to, to somebody, they say something mean or rude, um, kids do unpleasant things and they say things sometimes that are rude. People do. They shouldn't, but they do. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that person's a bully or that that team has a bunch of bullies on it or that school has a bullying problem 
or that company has a bunch of bullies working for it. It might have some unpleasant people and some people that could be kinder, but we start throwing around the name bullying on people or groups of people. We just, I think we need to be careful because that's a, that's a hard uh, label to, to put on somebody at the same time, we need to be aware of knowing what it is and obviously knowing how to prevent it and how to deal with it. If it's happening to somebody we know, but I I'm curious your thoughts on maybe the power and balance. What, what do you think about that? Yeah. I, you know, there've been people in my life that have said things to me that quite frankly, like a criticism, or I've had a, a kid one time make fun of me when I just kind of looked at them and I just thought, <laughs> okay, you know, like I, I don't really, you don't have the ability to influence a bunch of people yeah. to feel the way you feel. So maybe there's something there to that. If someone who you feel has more power or influence than you do is saying things about you, maybe there's an additional fear there that they're also going to have the ability to influence a bunch of other people to feel the same way. That, that was kind of what I thought. I don't know yeah. that it's obviously we want people to be kind and, and even without a power imbalance, if someone's intentionally and repeatedly doing bad things to another person, we would still say there's an issue there, right? But I think maybe what this is pointing out is it might be more hurtful when it's a person of influence, which applies really as we talk to our athletes about the sport light. And we often say to them that, hey, what you do just has more impact, but that's not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> you know, yeah. if you're doing bad things, then if you're doing these things we're talking about, if you're trying to put down other people and things like that, then maybe that power imbalance makes just yeah. makes it feel more bullish if you have that power and influence over others. That was my thought. Well, and, and I would think that the, the majority of the cases of bullying would probably find that the, the actual bully was in a position of power of, you know, in, in some, yeah. in some case, whether it be at that popularity at the school or social, you know, uh, recognition at the school or physical. However, I do know of some kids. I know of one actually in my life right now that I know very well that, um, was not the, the small kid in the school, uh, was the more, physical, bigger, more popular kid in the school. But I think that was sort of looked at as a threat by some people. And uh, he was a target of some things. Um, yeah. And it was very hurtful for him. And, and he didn't talk a lot about it because he was embarrassed to. And so, you know, I, I guess to that point is that anybody can be the victim of it. You know, that you could be a popular athlete or a movie star or something and, and people come at you online and you could be attacked, cyberbullied, especially nowadays with social media, right? Anybody kind of has a direct line to you if, if you follow them on social media or they follow you. And so, you know, you, you can be a, a celebrity, popular athlete in the world and still have people come and say things at you that repeatedly that I think would be at, at a point you've got to say, yeah, there's you've crossed that line of being unpleasant and you're you're bullying. Um, and uh you know, some of the, some of the results of bullying and we've seen this, Shad, we've seen this, you know, in, in the lives of people we know, 
be it, I mean, you know, our kids or the kids of, of uh, you know, friends or a family of ours, as well as the thousands and thousands we've, we've spoken to, that the results of bullying um, are, tend to be things like depression, anxiety, eating disorders, thoughts of suicide. Uh, there's health issues like headaches, sleep problems, um, actual pain that, that kids will feel, abdominal pain, stomach aches, even things like bedwetting and fatigue, uh, academic issues. Uh, those being bullied will tend to, you know, poor attendance at school. They'll, they'll not want to go to school, obviously. Low test scores, hard time concentrating and paying attention. And there's an increase for dropout rates. Uh, kids that drop out, you know, tend to uh, show some signs in their past, oftentimes of being bullied by people. So, you know, there obviously are some results to bullying that warrant some closer attention to the problem. I think what you and I do with, especially for athletes in our, in these podcasts and in this, the speaking and things, the meeting with parents and athletes that I think is important is that this isn't an issue that just came up when we started, especially for athletes and started meeting with kids and people 10, 12 years ago, whatever. It wasn't like bullying was a new thing that just popped up that we started addressing. Cyberbullying might have been, you know, that's been a thing, something that's happened in the last 10 years or so. But bullying has been around for a long, long time. It was around when I was in junior high and high school and you and we heard about it. And I remember my mom talking to me about don't be a bully. And if you know somebody who is to stand up for them and take care of them. However, what's really being done to address it? Um, I think a lot of people probably understand the points we just made, what bullying is. We kind of have a general idea of what bullying is, but what are we doing to prevent it? We've done a lot to make, make people aware of it. We understand it's harmful, but what are we doing to prevent it? So in our language, we would say we've done a good job at Eyes Up. When we talk about Eyes Up, do the work. As a society, we've done a pretty good job of eyes up. We're aware of it. In most cases, we see it. Our eyes are up. We're, you know, we acknowledge what bullying is. But the do the work part of that, what are we doing to educate people on uh, how to maybe uh, not only address it with when they see it happening, but have the harder conversation if you're a parent or a coach with your own child or a friend of somebody. We talked about teammates uh, recently, you know, do you talk to your teammate about bullying and that he's bullying somebody and he needs to stop? Do you have the courage to do the work, which we've hit pretty hard in some recent episodes that addressing bullying is not going to be easy. If you know somebody that's bullying or you see it happening in the hallway, it's not an easy thing to go to somebody and say, hey, you got to stop doing that or to maybe stand up for somebody in a moment of social pressure where standing up for that person might look to be a you know, a, a weakness or, or just not the popular thing to do, I guess, not a weakness, but, but that's why we say do the work and not do what's easy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we, 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 it's a topic we probably need to discuss regularly on this podcast. You know, every couple months, we probably need to remind the listeners we've got to continue to talk about this. It's not, it hasn't, it's not going away, but we're, we're trying to address it, but it's still there. Yeah. You know, I had a discussion with Sheldon Martin 
we often go to Sheldon for behavioral health, mental health subjects. And I talked to him in preparation for this. And I asked him the question, why do people bully others? Like, what's the psychology behind it? And he actually said, uh, you know, he shared this quote from Fritz Perl. He said, we think we're looking out a window, but we're actually looking into a mirror. And so sometimes those who are bullying, they, they, think they're, they think they're looking at other people and seeing stuff, but actually what they're seeing is themselves. Shakespeare said, beware of he who professes too much. And so the guy who's bullying everyone is probably the most insecure of all right? There's this insecurity within him. So, so here's like a tangible example. Let's say someone's in a gym and they're watching someone lift and, you know, they're like, oh my gosh, dude, how much is that? 135 pounds, you know, kind of mocking a kid. Well, that kid feels insecure because of that. And then the next day he goes into a gym and there's someone who's, who's a little bit less strong than him, Right. And so he feels like, okay, if I could, if I could make fun of this kid, (laughs) then, then I'm the strong one. And that's like a super simplified example of that. But, but there was a young man in our, in our community here in Utah, Drake Hardman, who took his own life at age 12, 12 years old, just recently. And he was being bullied, and that was the main cause. You know, and the parents, the dad said something, first of all, super gracious of the dad. But he said, deep down, there's something broken in this child that took something from my son. And he said, for him to attack my son to build his confidence means he was lacking something. And this dad went on to talk about, we, we often want to go right to the bully, but oftentimes maybe we need to talk more to parents and teachers and coaches. Like, what is it that's happening within the lives of some of our kids? Like, they are broken. Usually hurt people hurt people, right? And so sometimes we could go to that source of if someone's being a bully, they probably need some help. You know, they aren't always the, it's not that they're the super confident kid who doesn't need anyone to like them. Oftentimes it's the kid who really lacks confidence, who really yeah. needs some love. And, and so, so that, that was Sheldon's, you know, why do people bully others? Usually it comes from a place of injury, a place of insecurity. And they think that they're looking out a window when actually they're looking in a mirror, you know, those things, those insecurities, those pains, it's actually happening within their own yeah. themselves, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you did a, I'm not sure if we talked about this on an episode or if it was just something we shared on social media. I know it's on our uh, website, but I know you wrote uh, recently a, a piece about, you know, basically why people act the way they are is oftentimes not because they're, you know, they're meaning to, or they've, they've got, you know, some problem that they can control. It's, it's because they're hurt, they're injured. Something's going on that maybe we don't know anything about. And you wrote about the, a dog that was injured, that wasn't a hunting dog that wasn't performing like it should. 
and the owner being upset at the dog and then finding out the dog was had cut its belly on a fence earlier in the hunt. And that's why it was acting how it was. It was hurt. Right. I think that's the case with most bullies. There's usually something going on at home. They've been the victims of things um, and they get a little bit of a, you know, um, they act out at school because there's other things going on in their life, lack of attention. And, and there's that, that oftentimes, you know, we need to, Yes, we need to let the bully know that what they're doing can't be done or shouldn't be done. But we also need to take that kid and especially the younger ones, they're still you know, in a position where we could help them and they, they could fix themselves. Yeah. Um, we need to dive into what's really going on behind this kid's life and try to help him or her, you know, yeah. so they can prevent it. Because bullying happens it's not just like it is in the movies nowadays. I mean, that's something that I think it's important for parents to understand is that, you know, kids aren't pushing kids into lockers and taking their lunch money. Like you might see in the movie, you know, the football player, who's usually the bully that kind of goes to our point of the sport light um, and the stereotypes of athletes are athletes. Sometimes the bullies. Sure. Yeah. But I don't think that's fair to label athletes as bullies. You know, but but bullying happens. It happens to kids on your own team. Sometimes the acts of bullying. In fact, a lot of the bullying that I saw as a player, if I think back in high school and things, I, I saw probably more bullying within the sports that I played, not knowing it at the time, thinking it was just, you know, we're joking around or kind of, you know, guys being guys in the locker room or out on the field or the bus or something. But it was actually there was some bullying going on. You know, gifted athletes are oftentimes the targets because others are jealous of them. If you're the better athlete on the team, you can be bullied by others because they're jealous of you. You know, if you're smaller or physically not as advanced as someone, um, you can be the bullying. You're an easier target for somebody. When there's a position of, of, of a ladder position on the team, meaning somebody's trying to earn a spot over another or you're, there's some sort of competition that's going on that's being tracked. Some of the times the, there can be bullying taking place, the person ahead of, of a somebody, you know, and then, and then oftentimes, you know, the, in, in the in girls in particular, um, girls taunt and tease and exclude and hurt in sports just as much as boys do. It's oftentimes thought of bullying being a, a physical thing that guys do, but girls are bullied just as much. And oftentimes theirs is different. It's not so much the physical bullying as it is the, the emotional, you know, the rumors, the, the stuff, some online, some of those things that, and they're just as damaging and, and just as hurtful. So it's important as coaches and parents that we're aware of these signs of bullying that we're looking for and that we're talking to our kids about, are they being bullied? Because it will affect their performance. It will it'll affect their attitude towards others in social settings. They won't be as confident. It will literally affect their physical ability to perform on the field. They will not perform at the level they could if they've been if they've got these issues going on, and uh, because their emotional and focus level won't be where it needs to be. And so it's to the advantage of the coach uh, who wants to win a game to make sure that he's got kids that are mentally capable of, of playing and if they're being bullied they're probably not especially if they're not talking about it they're just trying to you know just take it and, and not express their feelings which a lot of athletes do 
they, they think it's a weakness to talk about those sort of things. So it's our job as adults to be the adult and to sometimes get it out of kids. If we feel like there's something going on or we see something that seems off to sit down and have that conversation and try to make a friendly environment where the, the, the athlete might be more willing to discuss what's really happening in school or on the team or maybe at home. So as a coach, we can help them. You know, I love Dustin that you're bringing up the team aspect of it. I too like look back and that's where I saw, you know, some of the things that I thought were funny back in the day, nicknames people were called or, or things like that may have been very hurtful. And sometimes athletes just go along with it and then try to play the part. When I was talking to Sheldon, so Sheldon has a background in behavioral health. I have a background in, in human development. And we were talking about this and adolescence is the only stage of development where your peers are your most, the most impactful people in your life. Right. So up until adolescence, it's parents and siblings. And then out of adolescence, if you and I think about this right now, you know, it's family again. It kind of starts at family and then it goes back to to family again. But there's this one period where your peers have the largest impact on the way you feel about yourself and and things like that. So that that brings up, you know, something that that we can do as parents and coaches. Uh, coaches could make it super obvious. The greatest sin you could do on this team is to be bad to one of your teammates, is yeah. to bully one of your teammates. If you want to find your butt on the bench quicker than anything else, you treat one of your teammates poorly and then stick to that. Right. And, and by the way, if I hear you doing it anyone, to anyone in the school, like there's nothing worse you could do in my mind. You could miss every block. You could miss every shot. You could dribble the soccer ball out of bounds. I don't care. You could strike out every single time. And I'm not saying that, you know, you're, you're going to play in that case. But if you want to find yourself not playing for me, the quickest way to do that is to treat other people poorly. And I think that's, that's something that coaches could do. Sheldon mentioned something that parents can do. So he, I want to read what he said, actually. He said, it's the only time in the life cycle where the story that peers tell adolescents that they will believe that more than any other story. So he said, one thing that, that parents can do is question the narrative that people are telling their child. Yeah. Um, sometimes they'll say these things. I mean, there are some of the most just beautiful, kind, wonderful young ladies who have been convinced by their peers that they are ugly, that they are useless. Um, and, and so they, they internalize these message from their peers. So one thing parents can do is to question that, to tell them, you really believe these things that people are telling you? You really believe that, that you are ugly or that you are fat or that nobody loves you? And to talk about these things. Now, Sheldon acknowledged that, yes, peers will still have a greater influence. Yeah. But one of the things he mentioned that parents might be able to do 
is reach out to some, some peers, some people that you know love your child and say, hey, just FYI, there are people who are saying this. I don't know what you could do about it, but you and I both know it's not true. They need to hear the other side of the story from you. And then Dustin, I'm sorry, I know I've been talking a lot, but one of the other things he said here that was so profound that I love your thoughts on these things is um, he said, Shad, you know, psychologically speaking, do you know how scientific <laughs> the sport light is with you and Dustin going around and teaching these things? Do you know how important that is in bullying? He said, because of the things that we've talked about, athletes are in a position of influence. Therefore, the story that they tell people will stick with them even more than the story maybe other people are telling them. And so when you tell athletes to go out and tell people that they are beautiful, that they are smart, that they are funny, that they are loved, then that story competes with the story that they might be hearing from other people in their life who are trying to compete with them. And so for every athlete we have who are going throughout their community and their school and who are telling people that they're beautiful and they're smart and they're funny and they're needed and they're, they're enjoyable to be around, that is competing with the other narratives that they're hearing. Yeah. And it's more powerful. And so that story, it will be more likely that that story will override the other stories that they're hearing. And so I just love that. Coaches, don't put yeah. up with it. Parents, ask questions and reach out to people with influence who you know love your children. And athletes, please just spread love and yeah. joy and compliments because you don't know what people are hearing. When you see it, you should confront it. But just assume everyone's hearing something bad in their life because most likely everyone is. Yeah. And then spread those those other narratives that you know about people because that will have a powerful impact and maybe help them when they're being bullied. And because you have that spotlight, I, I love that, Shep. That's spot on. Because you have that sport light on you, what you say or what you do is going to have a more positive or a more negative effect. Where the 15 year old, you know, athlete at the school says something mean to somebody, it's going to come across differently coming from the 15 year old popular kid at the school than it is from the other. It's still going to hurt either way, but it's going to a little deeper. It's a little more painful when it comes from, you know, a student body officer or a captain or a cheerleader, you know, somebody on the basketball team, someone who people know and recognize and that's popular in the school. And so, as parents and as coaches, it's our job. We can't do it. A couple people going around talking about, you know, the, the, we call it the sport light isn't enough. We need to have coaches and parents do exactly what you just said. Acknowledge the fact that, hey, team, because of the sport you play, people are going to hear about you in your school and in your community. There's going to be posters put up of you. There's Your name's going to be, you know, said at assemblies. There's going to be lots of people that are going to come and watch you. And you're going to be in this light. Um, you have a responsibility. You have a responsibility to represent your team on the field, but also your team and your family off the field and how you act in the hallways and in the classrooms and things to your teammates and also to, 
to those that you go to school with. And then parents and coaches, we need to be the role models. We need to show our how we treat other people and do it with kindness and do it with respect. You know, children look up to their parents. They look up to their coaches. So what we put online, how we comment to things we see on TV or we hear in the news, the discussions we have about people in the car or at the dinner table, thinking that it's just, you know, in our own home, it might be negative towards somebody or a, a group of people or leaders or something. If we're doing those sort of things, our kids are learning that that's how they can talk. That's how they should speak. And, and that, where else are they learning it? Right. We, I think the excuse is to say, ah, oh, they're learning it from movies. They're learning it from social media, right? They're learning, they're, they're mostly learning it from you, mom and dad. And if they're learning it from social media and the other things, well, who's giving them access to that stuff, right? We are. We're that we need to be the adults. If we want to stop this thing, it, it's, an, it's an effort that everybody has to have, not just those who have a child that's being bullied. It needs to come from everybody just because as humans, we have, you know, compassion for people. We need to under, understand online how the, how it works, how Instagram and TikTok and Snapchat, how do these things work? How do they operate? If my child has it, how foolish are we to allow our child to have access to some social media or some app if we don't know how it operates or what the dangers of it? It's It really is. It's like giving your son a power tool and having him go out and build something in the backyard with no knowledge of how to use the power tool. And then being surprised if they happen to, you know, drill a hole through their hand or something. You didn't teach them how to use it. You don't, I don't, you don't give your kid the, the lawnmower when they're six and just let them go nuts with it. Something's going to happen. You don't give the keys to the car to your 16-year-old until they've learned how to drive, right? Or, or if you do, you don't be surprised if they run a light or they make an illegal turn and hit somebody. So, you know, we do that with social media and then they find the bullying. They either find it or they're, in, or they're the, uh, they do it or they're the victims of it sometimes. And as a parent, we need to get involved. As coaches, we need to have that hard conversation like you just said. And then we need to be the examples of standing up for others, even people we might disagree with. We might not like in some cases. If they're being bullied, the right thing to do is to stop it to speak up, to say something, whether we like the person or not, we agree with their stance or not. Bullying is bullying. Even if the person doing the bullying is the person who's, you know, in politics, you see this sometimes, you know, you may agree with the politician or agree with the, you know, the, 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 the talk show host or whatever their point they're making, but when they reach a point of humiliating another person and bullying another person, then we need to let our kids know, hey, that's the wrong way to do it. There's better ways to, to do that because we see it everywhere in our community right now. And it sometimes gets pushed under the rug as, ah, it's just competitive. He's really competitive. Or, you know, you got to do what you got to do to win, right? If you're, not, if you're not competing or cheating, you're not trying, no, you're, you're being a bully. You're cheating, right? You're, you're, you're competing with contempt, which is the fourth principle of the program of especially for athletes. And so, yeah, I, I would, I would echo everything you said, Chad, and, and just ask parents, bullying won't go away just because we know it exists. And we occasionally reshare a post on social media. 
right? Or, or, or comment on the next video that's going to come around our social media feeds of a kid being picked on in a locker room or in a hallway and comment on how bad it is. And our school system needs to do something. This is not the school system's fault. They're not teaching kids how to bully. And there's not a class for that at the high school, okay, on how to bully. It's happening at home. It's probably happening in some cases on teams and coaches are allowing it to happen because they want to keep some physical edge, you know, or some a degree of toughness that they feel they have to have. And so they're, they're letting it happen. And those coaches should be you know, banned from coaching. But as adults, we need to recognize that whether it's happening to our child or not, shouldn't matter. We should all be against it. And we need to educate our kids on what it is, whether or not they're doing it, not knowing and how to have the courage and the compassion to stand up for it when they see it, whether it's going to be tough or not to do the right thing just because it's the right thing. If they can't do it, who's going to do it? If we can't get our athletes to do it with as trained as they've been on how to do hard things and, and face hard challenges, how can we expect others to do it at the school? That's why we feel like everybody should be aware of all of these topics we discuss, but we say especially athletes. So the program's called especially for athletes because they have the sport light on. Awesome, Dustin. I, you know, asking those questions that you just said, if a parent sat down tonight and said, hey, how are your friends treating you? How are your teammates treating you? Are you feeling bullied yeah. in any way? You know, you could talk to me about that. You know, I wouldn't be embarrassed or think that you were weak or be ashamed that you were a kid being bullied. Talking about those things really frequently because sometimes kids think, man, a, a, a young man who comes home to his father is hesitant sometimes to say, hey, dad, there's these guys treat me really bad because they feel like it's a sign of weakness to tell their, their dad something. So really asking those probing questions. And then how are you treating other people? Both making sure that they are not negatively impacting people's lives, even subtly by the things that they're doing, either in person or online or whatever. But then asking our children, are you being intentional about trying to be good to people? and to help people realize the positivity that they bring to the world. And so anyways, those questions are just some, some ones that we should not just talk about once, but frequently with our children, because it's a roller coaster, man, through high school. And some, something that's not true two weeks ago might be true today. And some of our kids have been hurt by things people have said to them. And they carry that with them for years and years. And unless we ask those real probing questions and make sure they know that we know this happens and we aren't ashamed. If this ever happens to you, we just want to help you and make sure you aren't believing false things about yourself. And yep. I, I think that's a really healthy discussion. So thank you so much, yep. Dustin. Any, any closing thoughts, Dustin? No, I uh, just, just to touch on the very last thing you said there, that sometimes the signs of bullying don't show themselves immediately. And so we need to understand that, the lack of self-esteem or of confidence may not show until years later. It might show when a, 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 you know, a girl decides not to apply for a certain college because she doesn't have the confidence. She doesn't think she can do it or for a certain job because she feels like the people at that job are the types of 
in that industry are the type of people that used to pick on girls like me. So I'm not going to go down that road when she should, she's qualified. She should go down that as a career, but because of her experiences in junior high or high school, she doesn't feel confident to do it. And so it may lead to other areas as a parent, you know, in, in relationships later in life, there's a million ways that we're, we're being bullied in school or, or, uh, you know, just as a youth can negatively affect you later on. And it can also affect the guy or the girl doing the bullying when later on in life, they look back and realize what they did and the guilt and shame that they'll feel from that. Um, if we can help them avoid that guilt and shame by making them aware of what they're doing and hopefully get to their heart, let them feel the pain that they're causing in another person. Maybe that can help them shift and, and then hopefully be an advocate for change later in their life. If the person who sometimes you hear that, right? The person who was the bully who realizes that that light clicks off in their head that, oh my gosh, and they spend the rest of their life trying to share a message of don't do this. Don't be, don't go through that the pain that I went through after I realized what I had caused on others, but it doesn't happen if we don't talk communications, the key, and that might be work. That's why we ask people to do the work. We, nothing changes if we're not willing to do the work. And so as parents, it's on us as coaches, as administrators, it's on us to have these conversations and address these issues head on and, and try to, and then live our lives in a way that's, you know, exemplary of the things we're trying to teach others. So I, I'd end with that, Shad, and, and uh, you know, appreciate you, you know, kind of leading the discussion on this and tell everybody, eyes up, do the work. Awesome. Thank you, everybody, for joining the Sportlight Podcast. We do have those exciting events that we talked about last week coming up. We have some leadership summits, and we would love people to join us for those. Go to our social media channels to to look at those all of our social media channels are in our show notes and so you could click on those and and go check out that and if anyone is listening to this who can't make it here to utah who would like to zoom into those on upcoming dates just let us know we would love to zoom you into those and to get to know you that way thank you for joining the Sportlight podcast eyes up do the work this has been the Sportlight podcast from especially for athletes sponsored by coca-cola You can learn more about Especially for Athletes by visiting the website at especiallyforathletes.org. You can also learn more about the book, The Sportlight, by Shad Martin and Dustin Smith at especiallyforathletes.org slash book.